Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson, and we are in the middle of, well, not really in the middle, in the beginning of. <laughs> still in the beginning. <laughs> still, we're just Don't getting to the us. second chapter yep. of First Kings, and um, if you missed that first part, you might want to go back and listen mm-hmm. to those um, podcasts real quick and get caught up. Yep, because we barely started, so yeah, yeah got, ch- time to got do a that. chance to do that. <laughs> um, of course, they'll always be up there. But yeah. So today we're going to start with chapter two, mm-hmm. yep. and um, I'm excited to get deeper into this story. It's very there's a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. Lots. There of were. Drama. Um, David has been on his deathbed, mm-hmm. and his two sons, Adonijah and Solomon, mm-hmm. were both being trying to well, uh, both being coronated as king. Yeah. Uh, Adonijah was trying to do it his, his own se- way, sneakily quickly and yes. get in there and do it. And yep. um, but David heard about it and made sure that Solomon was crowned that's right king. That's um, right. And so we expect there to be some major tension between them, but by the end of chapter one, everybody seems to agree, yes, we're going with dad's will. Solomon's king. Adonijah says, Yes, absolutely, I'm I'm cool with it. And just don't kill me, please. Right. And Solomon's like, then great, we'll be fine. You just can go live go in your, your house. house. We'll all be good. He he has a thing about telling people to go back to their house, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, we do go, see that a little more. Go live there, up. stay yeah. there, stay yeah. out of trouble. That means <laughs> I don't want to hear from you again. That's right. That's pretty much what that means. Yeah. yeah. Just don't <laughs> let me hear you hear about anything about you again. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Yep. Um yep. anyway. Actually, that's really good. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Go to your house for Solomon kind of means stay in your life. Yeah. That would be our modern translation. I'll be putting out my own translation here before long. Sweet. Uh, So anyway, we're starting with right at the end of that. Mm -hmm. And so we're anxious kind of to hear what's going to happen. Will Adonijah stay in his own life? That's right. How will um, Solomon's reign begin? Yes. What will it look like? Yes. And, of course, we talked about how we can look at this topologically. Mm-hmm. And so it's more than just a story from history. Mm-hmm. It's a theological story. Mm-hmm. And yes. um, telling us something that's very important for the church today. Right. I don't think we can emphasize that enough. What you're saying mm-hmm. is so important. It is a theological story. It is. It is meant to have, it has theological implications for readers throughout time. Absolutely. Readers throughout time. And, and so the church too, Deep of and course, rich. looks at this and goes, okay, what are the implications for us? What are we seeing here? And it's more than just like you and I are saying, like you just said, typology puts it more than just into a moral category. Mm-hmm. It's not just what are the implications for me? How do I live today? What do I do that's good? What do I do that's oh, bad? Oh, Adonijah did bad things. And, yeah. So I know. don't want to be like him. Right. And, but I guess Solomon did good things. Even though and the yet, story's kind of weird, and yeah. how does it? Yeah, <laughs> kind of how it works out is kind of interesting. And so far, he hasn't um, done anything egregious, but right, yeah, he hasn't. But we know that's coming. Uh, and so, yeah, those are our these are these are our big, big, big principles that we take with us as we're looking at typology mm-hmm. because we're trying to go okay, hmm, more than just for me. What are, what are the what is the typological implications for church and God's people throughout history. What, how does this play into the life of Jesus play into Jesus's extended 
ministry through his Holy Spirit in his people. What are we seeing here? I mean, this is how we're approaching the text. Right. And we won't get into all of that just yet, but we will talk about that as we go. Mm -hmm. So stick with us and mm -hmm. I think you'll get that. Yep. Um, but let's go ahead and start with the I, second chapter. Yep, absolutely. So I think the best, best thing to do, we'll break it into three parts, but let's read verse 1 through 12 first, I okay. think, as we talk about that. All right, I'll do it. When David's time to die drew near, he commanded Solomon, his son, saying, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man and keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn, that the Lord may establish his word that he spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons pay close attention to their way, to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart and with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Moreover, you also know that Joab, the son of Zeruiah, did let's see what he did to me, how he dealt with the two commanders of the armies of Israel, Abner, the son of Ner, and Amasa, the son of Jether, whom he killed, avenging in time of peace, for blood that had been shed in war, and putting the blood of war on the belt around his waist and on the sandals on his feet. Act, therefore, according to your wisdom, but do not let his gray head go down to Sheol in peace, but deal, deal loyally with the sons of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and let him, them be among those who eat at your table. For with such loyalty they met me when I fled from Absalom, your brother." And there is also with you Shemai, the son of Gera, the Benjamin, Benjaminite from Bahurim, who cursed me with a grievous curse on the day when I went to Mahana, see, Mahanaim. Mm -hmm. But when he came down to meet me at the Jordan, I swore to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put you to death with the sword. Now, therefore, do not hold him guiltless, for you are a wise man. And you know what you ought to do to him. And you shall bring his gray head down with blood to Sheol. Then David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. And the time that David reigned over Israel was 40 years. He reigned seven years in Hebron and 33 years in Jerusalem. So Solomon sat on the throne of David, his father, and his kingdom was firmly established. Mm. Excellent. Okay. There were some names in there that were a little bit. Yeah, they're not all <laughs> plain and simple on the surface. Uh, but you did well. I thought that was good. I mean, everybody's going to have trouble with these. So don't let those names get in your way uh, as you're reading your Bibles. Just um, might even look them up and see what they mean. Because a lot of times mm -hmm. they'll have a meaning yeah. that relates to what you're reading. Um so let's just take a closer look at what we have here. This is, here it is, the end of David's life. He's on his deathbed and he's given Solomon some final advice slash admonitions, even commands, uh, you might say, uh, uh, before he leaves. David is putting this in front of Solomon. And some one of the first thing he does, he goes over with him the importance of covenant faithfulness. That yes. is what is paramount for David's right. sons, for the kings of Judah, if they're going to really govern the way God wants them to. And I've read a couple of things that talk about how this book is um, really 
best read with Deuteronomy mm-hmm, in, in as a backdrop. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep. this is very clear here. Right. Yeah. Really comes out here. Otherwise. Really, really comes out here. Yep. You are right. Um, this is even part of what's called Deuteronomistic history by Ooh, scholars. Good. Yeah. <laughs> There's a word. Um, yes. That's worse than Mahanaim. <laughs> um, and this, and so it's a part of that portion of the Old Testament. This is the final part. Right. Kings would be the final book in what's called Deuteronomistic history. But we hear so many overtones from Deuteronomy that we're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, well these obviously go together. Right. To Moses is giving this great admonition to the mm-hmm. people to keep the statutes. And That's the, right. Let's see. The ways, statutes, commandments, rules, and testimonies written in the law of Moses. That's right. Exactly. So actually in verse three, we have seven times the seven ways, if you will, that God's law is described with seven different words. Uh, So in verse three, charge Mm -hmm. of the Lord your God. The charge, that's number one. one. Walking in his (laughs) ways would be number two, his Mm -hmm. ways. And keeping his statutes, number three. His commandments, number four. His rules, number five. His testimonies, number six. As it is written in the law of Moses, Mm -hmm. number seven. So seven different words that are used to emphasize God's teaching, this law, this Torah that is given to them, seven different ways. So in all its completeness, you need to be observant of this, Solomon, is what David is telling his son. And this is what will keep the kingship strong and viable and God's hand on it and power working through it. And that's, that's what they want. That's the, uh, this is what's essential for them to do. Okay. So we take that, keep that in mind. He also, this go. language of be strong and show yourself a man, uh, mm-hmm. is very reminiscent of Joshua Certainly 1, is. 69. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, yes. and in fact, as you've said, Solomon is the new Joshua. He's mm-hmm. taking, the people into the this new chapter new of era life. yes yeah. new chapter different even than his father because of the temple itself because right. now we're moving into the temple period and the the enemy has been put down and god's people can be established in peace worshiping him in the land that's the hope that's the ideal um and certainly that's what david is charging him with as we move into this so yes glad you said that he is a new joshua type figure and so to have that language in verse two shouldn't come as a surprise that it sounds so much like joshua chapter one very familiar yeah very familiar okay so then we get to the part where david actually tells him what he needs to do and this is the part that kind of throws mm-hmm. us a little bit because we're like whoa wait a minute david. wow that's not pulling any Calm down, david. yeah exactly <laughs> hey dad you're at the end of your life here you maybe i don't know what exactly holding you're on to a thinking little. yeah but uh yeah seem to be holding on to a little bitterness exactly uh and and yet the interesting thing is that the text gives it to us like this there's no indication again as we often say when we're going, you know, through passage or whatever, um, not always, sometimes there is an indication, but in this instance, there's no indication that he's saying anything bad. I mean, we don't have the text right. telling us that. Right. We don't have the text putting that forward 
uh, forward to us. However, we as Jesus followers know that carrying revenge with us is not something we're mm -hmm. supposed to do. We're mm -hmm. supposed to give that over to God. We're not supposed to take right. uh, matters into our own hands. So here again, how do we take this? That's because right. this is David, a man after God's own heart. Right. Then don't uh, I want to be like David? Yeah. Who is telling his son, hey, you remember these people, these couple people that kind of did me wrong, did me wrong. Be sure you take them out. That's right. Kill them. Take their heads off. Mm -hmm. Do not let them go to their grave in peace. Right. Bring, bring a violent end. There is one that I'm going to mention that you need to take good care of. Take good care family. of. It's a sandwich Because he here. was good to me. Yep, exactly. <laughs> this is a sandwich I have. Joab on the one side. Kill him. Uh, on the other side, I have... Uh, I'm sorry. Mahomet? Shimmy. Oh, yeah. Actually, Shimmy, Shimmy. Yes. is on okay. the other side. You're yes. going to kill him violently, terribly. But right in the middle, uh, verse 7, is Barzillai. And right. we're good with him. We're happy about him. And you should really take care of him and his sons. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's kind of a sandwich here that we have right. that David's telling him what to do. And... So we and he look doesn't at it really and we're say like, hmm. exactly what to do, but he says, uh, I know you're really wise. Yeah, you're going to use You'll your know what to this. do, but yeah. don't right. let him go to <laughs> Yeah, and don't let him go down to Sheol except by blood. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's, that is what his charge is. And we're examining that and thinking, okay, then how do I, what do I do with this? What do I, you know, am I supposed to see this as a good thing, even though it sounds so, you know, whew, rough, violent. Mm -hmm. uh, and only by looking typologically, do I think we can come to a really good right. conclusion here. Right. Um, what's, what's happening here. And we're going to see this played out over the rest of this chapter. As the chapter goes on, we're going to see these two very strong commands about taking these two particular men out. We're going to see how those play out. What we're supposed to get from it is theological implication right. for the later true kingdom of peace that God will build. What does that right. mean then? I think uh, this will really help um, anyone who struggles with these kinds of passages. And mm -hmm. there are plenty of them mm -hmm, in the Old Testament uh, that sound bloodthirsty and violent mm -hmm. and we you know don't know what to do with that mm -hmm. um but the point isn't the point is that biblical characters are not perfect they're human beings that's right and they right. made a lot of mistakes right um that we aren't even focusing on mm -hmm. but the topology when we look at it through a topological lens we're looking at the story with the gospel overlaid yep. and with knowing that the Holy Spirit wrote this for us to be able to see Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, so it gets us beyond the action that's actually taking place. Mm -hmm. This is a real story right. that took place. Yeah. It gets us beyond that, though, to the actual spiritual application. Yes. That is there, not right. not a necessarily a moral application. Right. Although sometimes that's in there. Sometimes of that's course, there. But it's bigger than that. It's, it's a bigger. spiritual application. It's yes. about our heart, which will and it's translate about, yeah. into morals and ethics and all of that. But but ultimately, it's a story that it's God's big story. Let's not reduce it to just me and how I'm supposed to act today. Right. God has a much bigger story that He's telling right. through this story. 
So to reduce it to just what do I do good and what do I do not want to do that's bad. That I want to be like I David. Story. I yeah. don't want to be like David in every way. He was not. He was not always exemplary. No. He did have a heart for God. But each story is still telling something about God's big picture view, what he's doing through his people, right. how they're responding to him, and then what right. he's doing to to make things still work out according to his will. Mm-hmm. I think that's really helpful, too. We've just been looking at it too literally, maybe, sometimes. Oh, uh, well, yes, absolutely. I think Not that it's not a literal story. But it I'm is just... a story that happened, but he wants us to take it to a better level when we're interpreting it to a higher level. Of more... So if we're talking about this kingdom that's beginning. Mm-hmm. Yes, his kingdom, his great kingdom. On earth. In Jesus. Then um, there are certain things, people, um, not necessarily people, but certain attitudes Mm -hmm. and problems that Mm -hmm. have to be taken care of. That's right. And they have to be eradicated. So that's where we're going. In our hearts, individually Mm -hmm. and as a church community. And as a community. That's right. We have to be ruthless in how we deal with uh, these things that are being implied right here by these people. These people become damage the whole. That's right. These people become symbols of, if you will, like symbols, types. Mm -hmm. They're types of what you're saying. Um, These much broader and bigger concepts that need to be dealt with in the early, in the early kingdom. That yes. has been established through Christ. So That's one of what, these so, here in this story is a violent person. A very violent. Who's That's what he killing wants. during a peaceful time. Yes. Taking matters into his own hands and killing his enemies during peacetime, if necessary, even though David made it very clear that's not what he was supposed to do. So he's wearing the garments of blood. That's right. Uh, we need to do away so with that. We need to do away that. with that. That's right. And the other one is, was it a loyalty issue? It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, um, it's a loyalty. Uh, He's still loyal to the previous, to the previous way of doing things to Saul. We had, we'd have to go back really and read uh, that, which we won't do, but we'd have to read that first, second Samuel chapter, second Samuel I don't think I have back in chapter 17 ish um, right there. Yeah. Um, Where we're talking to Barzillai and what he's done wrong and how he wants to stick with Saul's ways. And he thinks David is considers David a usurper and just wants to go back. You mean Shema? I'm sorry. Shimmy. 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 Yes. Uh, There in verse eight is who we're talking about. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, he would like to keep things going the way they were before, but he is. You know, he's out of line. He's not, this is not what we can do. And he uh, cursed not David. How the kingdom can work. That's right. And so when he does that cursing, Second uh, Samuel chapter 16, 5 through 14 is really where we get his story. And he is, um, he just hates David. He doesn't want David to reign. And he wants to go back to the old ways of Saul. And he's, and he's a divisive. And he's yes. a Benjamite. So he's loyal to Saul and Saul's mm-hmm. ways. And he only wants to do that. But whenever David returns, which is like Christ returning, if you will, mm-hmm. um, and takes over the kingdom. Shimi says, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And David gives him forgiveness and says, we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. 
But now what we're going to see is that Solomon's going to lay down a certain amount of rules for him and say, we can be okay as long as you do this. Mm-hmm. And then he's not going to hold to that. Right. Um, so we need to take it's all that of the spirit we'll, we'll of not being that. loyal and um, being divisive. That's right. Even when you, you say, okay, I'll do what you say, but then you're going to turn around and mm-hmm. not do it. Try and get, try and live by your old ways anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't do that. Okay. So. Let's go on. I know we need to move on, but that was good to kind of get that established here that we've got. And I think we're going to need to say it several more times eventually, um, just about how typology works. I mean, I know we're not all used to this kind of study, so very important. All right, let's go to this next section. 13 through 25 will be what we read. Then Adonijah, the son of Haggith, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. And she said, do you come peacefully? He said, peacefully. Then he said, I have something to say to you. And she said, speak. He said, you know that the kingdom was mine and that all Israel fully expected me to reign. However, the kingdom has turned about and become my brother's for it was his from the Lord. And now I have one request to make of you. Do not refuse me. She said to him, speak. And he said, please ask King Solomon. He will not refuse you to give me Abishag, the Shunammite, as my wife. Bathsheba said, very well, I will speak for you to the king. So Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him on behalf of Adonijah. And the king rose to meet her and bowed down to her. Then he sat on his throne and had a uh, seat brought for for the king's mother. And she sat on his right. Then she said, I have one small request to make of you. Do not refuse me. And the king said to her, make your request, my mother, for I will not refuse you. She said, let Abishag the Shunammite be given to Adonijah, your brother, as his wife. King Solomon answered his mother, and why do you ask Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah? Ask for him the kingdom also, for he is my older brother, and on his side are Abiathar the priest and Joab the son of uh, Zeruiah. Then King Solomon swore by the Lord, saying, God do so to me, and more also, if this word did, does not cost Adonijah his life. Now, therefore, as the Lord lives, who has established me and placed me on the throne of David my father, and who has made me a house, as he promised, Adonijah should, uh, shall be put to death today. So King Solomon sent Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and he struck him down and he died. Man, that sounds ugly. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is, and this is not one of the two that David just talked to him about. This is the one we Mm -hmm. heard from chapter one. So he's coming back into play now. We still have to deal with the two that David just spoke about. He was going to let Adonijah live. He, he absolutely <laughs> was willing to, that's what we saw at the end of chapter one. He is willing to let Adonijah live. You can go to your house. We can be good together. No problem. Long as you accept my rule and go by my ways. Now, what happens here, we, not, we may not realize all the political intrigue happening mm-hmm. here because we're not people of a monarchy here in America right. and we stuff. So we don't, may not yeah, understand It seems pretty foreign on. to us. Um, but, of course... Um, it is very 
common throughout history that when a new king takes a throne, he immediately does away with people who could come against him. Mm -hmm. And um, also... Do you have any... Yeah, any kind of standing... In line for the throne. That's right, right. exactly. Um, And in this case, we've already seen that Solomon is giving plenty of leeway here to Adonijah, going to let him live, and we can be fine together. But he has to play by Solomon's rules. And so what we see here is he tries to go behind Solomon's back yes. and do something very subtly and sneakily, we would say, um, through Solomon's mother, Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. Get Bathsheba to do the asking for him. Maybe this will work out in a mm-hmm. good way for him. And he can get Abishag, the one who was sleeping with David at the end of his life. He never... Mm-hmm. Young, beautiful girl who was supposed to keep uh, David warm. Keep David warm. That's right. And we read about it in chapter one. Last one to share his bed. So he, uh, this is what Adonijah asks for, if he can have her as his wife. Well, if you know anything about <laughs> kings and intrigue and the way the houses work, then this would give Adonijah. I mean, Shag was probably never going to ever marry again. That's right. They were going to keep her. She would be secluded. She'd secluded be, because she had she, done her job. She right. was going to be taken care of. Yeah, she'd be taken care of. But you don't take the but, king's right. wife. Right. Nobody's going to get that. Anybody who slept in the bed with the king, once you've slept in the king's bed, when that's Belong your just, yeah, right. that's, that's off limits. Uh, and so... It by, sounds by, so crazy to us. But yes, no. this doesn't may not make sense to us. But, but we know, know other people who have in in the Bible who have taken their tried to take their father's wives. Yes, and it was considered. And it, you know, first of all, first of all, not very long ago in Second Samuel chapter sixteen twenty one and twenty two, we saw um, that's exactly what Absalom was trying right. to do and it had everything it to do Adonijah's with getting brother. the kingdom right. in his hand. Yes, he was Adonijah's brother. It had everything to do with getting the kingdom himself and uh, usurping. And so to see this, we're like, oh that's how he sounds like he wants to do what Absalom's doing was doing. Exactly. That's exactly what he wants to do. We also saw it way back in Genesis 35, 22, where Reuben sleeps with one of his father's concubines. And that is considered a great offense, and he was trying to to usurp authority before uh, before his dad was ever dead. And um, you just can't. This is not the way it works. And so, so these are put out there as types again. So here I have another type where one of the brothers tries to steal the authority before. Number one, before it's time, but number two, authority he's not given to him mm-hmm. anyway. I mean, he's, um, you know, he's very sneaky. He's yeah. trying to make it sound like, oh, you know that I should have been king. That's right. I should have been king and anyway. So, we all know that. You know, but, and everybody it, even expected it. Everybody out there expected it. But, you know, hey, God had other okay. plans. Okay. That's, all I want is the wife. That's right. And I really like her. And she's really, yeah, she's the one I would like. Would you just ask Solomon if I can have her? Now, our big question is, does Bathsheba even realize what she's doing here? Right. Because There's a couple of ways to look at this. Yes. She, I, I mean, we were talking to a friend the other day who thinks that Bathsheba definitely knew and was being sneaky herself. Yeah. And that she, I don't know what she had to gain from it. Right. Except maybe to keep. Just to make um, sure that they were peace safe. with Adonijah, just in case something happened. Yeah, um, I don't know, but 
but she would surely know that this could lead to a very rough situation between her son and his brother by doing this. And yet she still goes to Solomon and asks. So does she know, does she know how Solomon's going to react is our question. Does she know this is going to lead to Adonijah's death? Now, Adonijah, even though he's Solomon's brother, he is not brother and son. He is not the son of Bathsheba. He's just the son of David. So he has a different mother. David's dead now. and His mother um, is Haggith. That's right. We've already read that. So, yes. It's another thing that's very confusing to us, I think, because mm -hmm. we don't have those kinds of situations as much. Right. Um, Sure, we have stepbrothers and sisters sometimes, but this is like... You know, all the mothers are still living and all the, yeah, it's, it's just a more complicated. Yeah. Right. Because David had a lot of wives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so when we see this happening here, what happens in the end is that she does ask Solomon. Solomon immediately realizes what's going on. Verse 22. Uh, hey, are you kidding? Why not just ask for the kingdom then. Yeah. Um, because that's what's going on here. Mm-hmm. That's obviously what he wants. And then the king swears today's going to be his last day. Yeah. That's the, it, this this seals is, I'm it. not putting up with this. I yep. had grace and I yep. could take it, but he is not staying in his house. He's not. Yep. Like you said, well, I'll go staying in his lane. He has mm-hmm. not stayed there. We have not seen that. So he is going to send somebody immediately to kill Adonijah, and that's exactly what's going to happen. He sends Benaiah to kill Adonijah, and, and Benaiah does it without question. Strikes Benaiah's him like down. the hit man. He dies. Benaiah is the yeah. hit man. When you see Benaiah coming, you should walk the other way. Um, run. And, and run the other way, exactly. Um, and so he kills him right here, has him killed, mm-hmm. and it's for an attempt to usurp the kingdom. Now, on a ty- in a typological perspective, and we're getting close to our ending here, so I'm just going to put this real quick. In a type, from a typological perspective, we have an older brother who said to his younger brother, "Yes, I'm totally going to play by your rules," but then tried to go behind and under, kind of undercover, and take hold of the king, uh, the you know, the king's bride, the last of the last the older of the brothers of the king bride. for his old for his own purposes. Mm-hmm. And that can't be allowed to stand. And so typologically, when we think of the bride, we think of God's people. And there's an older brother that, sh- that has been told, you can be a part of this and we'll be fine in this kingdom, right. but you have to go by my rules. And he says he will, but then he does not. And instead tries to lay hold of the bride himself. This sounds so much like a legalistic piece of Judaism a legalistic part of Judaism that at first says, yes, we'll totally play by the new rules in the new Mm -hmm. kingdom, but then runs over to Galatia in the new Testament follows Paul to Galatia and says, Hey, people who are accepting Jesus. Great. That's wonderful. Now, in order to really be full on in this, you need to do what we say and follow the law and make sure that you're doing all the things right Mm -hmm. and trying to take underhandedly the very thing that they said. Mm -hmm. And this is what won't be allowed by Paul. This is where Paul Paul comes in. Yes. Brother, see you guys, you know, I mean, he has really super harsh words for them. I mean, Mm -hmm. spiritually speaking, he is ready to cut them off completely uh, and not have them be a part of what God, the new kingdom that is happening, the new kingdom of peace. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the, this is typologically what we're seeing has to be done away with in order for the kingdom to go forward like it's supposed to. 
this is the spirit that has to be removed. We cannot have it. This underhanded kind of get my way anyway attitude. Okay. Wow. Beautiful stuff. Lots of stuff. And we Lots didn't get as far as we intended to right. today, we but we will you. pick up here next time. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and look forward to talking to y'all soon. Keep those thoughts in mind as you go forward and you can go ahead and read the rest of the chapter and um, see how this is going to work out for some more, more bloodshed coming. <laughs> um, it's ugly, but it's also very interesting when we're thinking about it from this typological mm -hmm. point of view. Thanks for listening in. Love you guys. You're welcome to contact us anytime. Eatscripture.com and we will talk to you very soon. God bless.